The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod to Chat with your host, Barry Corellis. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to take a moment and share a word from our sponsor. Body Rappers' Angela Luzio is happy to be the proud sponsor of the Premier Dance Network. Body Rappers' Angela Luzio is known for its fine total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. Tyler Peck, principal dancer with the New York City Ballet, is its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck Designs for Premier. It takes a dancer who wears a leotard all day to know what is best in a leotard. So Tyler's beautiful original leotard designs fit perfectly, are ideal for class, rehearsal, or performance, and move well with the body won't ride up in the back. Body Wrappers makes additional apparel for all types of dance that includes ballet, jazz, modern, lyrical, hip-hop, tap, team, liturgical, performance wear for competition and recital, as well as Angela Luzio shoes. You may view all the products at www.bodywrappers.com or to purchase Tyler Peck designs by Body Wrappers, go to dancewearcorner.com or your favorite online dance apparel retailer for all their products. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pod the Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-monthly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I'm happy to share my 16 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Friday. Happy spring to all of you. I spent the last week just walking around and enjoying looking at all the sakura trees, the cherry blossom trees. I mean, it's not completely true. I hadn't spent all week doing it, but any chance that I could, I tried to find a place in the city that had some cherry blossom trees. It's finally spring. I feel like it was a long winter, but we made it. Um, what what has been going on the last two weeks since I talked to you? So I attended the Youth America Grand Prix Finals, where my student competed in a contemporary piece that I choreographed, and then also had a, a wonderful showing in her classical as well. What else is going on? I actually am having a showing of a pas de deux that I choreographed at Steps on Broadway on Saturday this week. It's the 27th of April. It's 8 p.m. I know you'll probably listen to this after it, but that's fine. Um, Steps on Broadway, they are doing a performance lab, and I was invited to have a pas de deux shown there which is really exciting because Joe Terry recently took over uh, as executive director at Steps on Broadway. He is the, also the uh, person who created New York City Dance Alliance. Um, and I, I got to work with him when I was a kid. And I, I didn't get to work with him. What am I saying? I'm making things up. It's a late night here. I'm actually recording on a Wednesday, which is a little bit late for me. Um, and it's like almost... 10 30 in the evening but <laughs> my brain's not working but yeah so uh, i competed at new york city dance alliance when i was a kid so i had some interaction with him and it's been cool to get to interact with him now that he's up at steps as an adult um but yeah so i have that showing on saturday at 8 p.m um what else i can't officially say this yet 
But I'm talking to a convention about possibly teaching for them this summer, which is very, very exciting. It'll be my first time heading out to uh, do that style of teaching. Um, at Broadway Dance Center, we sometimes have anywhere from, and we can have anywhere from five to, I think the most people have had is 65 students in class. So um, lots and lots of students. Sometimes at conventions, you can have 100 students in a room. So I'm excited to give that a try. Um, I'll, I'll announce that officially when contracts are signed. So we're still in the talks at the moment. Um, other than that, I am adding Saturday classes to my summer schedule at Broadway Dance Center. I'll be teaching an advanced beginner ballet class from 1030 a.m. until noon on Saturdays starting June 15th. And then immediately following that, I will be teaching uh, an intermediate contemporary class, uh, which I did last summer as well. So these will run for three months from the 16th or the 15th of June. Um, I'm really excited to have a contemporary class in New York City back in my schedule. So if you have been curious to take my contemporary classes, because I know a lot of my listeners uh, do drop in when they're in the city to take my ballet classes, uh, this is your opportunity. What else? I'll keep an eye. I feel like I have so much going on. Keep an eye on Point Magazine in the next few weeks. I have an article coming out in there. I'm not going to mention what it is yet so that you have something exciting to look forward to. Um, and yeah, other than that, I have my regular classes at Broadway Dance Center. Um, and I'm still sort of fleshing out my, my summer schedule. Uh, on that note, just a reminder, I still have availability for master classes, private lessons and choreography this summer. Um, I currently have two weeks open in June and three or four weeks open in August, which is very random and not very common. It's so hard for me to find time in my schedule. So I'm kind of looking at those weeks like, do I really want to put anything in there? Because maybe I just don't want to. And I want to like regain a little bit of my sanity. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love teaching. Um, it's just been a hard few months and I'm, I need a, about a week off, like a staycation where I have a week off and I can like, you know, go to the gym and take my own ballet classes. Um, maybe take a yoga class and then just like relax. I need some relaxation in my life. All right. Moving on to today's episode, uh, I'm not going to specifically uh, give this episode an explicit tag. Um, there really isn't anything majorly explicit in here, but um, I am going to talk a little bit about drugs and sex. So if you have a child listening and that you're not okay with them hearing about the life of a dancer, um, it's not going to be anything raunchy or like really specifically detailed, but um, I just want to give you that heads up in case you feel the need to turn this episode off. But like I said, it's really not going to be anything crazy. I just wanted to mention that in my notes, I, I put a couple things that I was like, oh, I should probably mention this. All right, so I had a really good weekend over the holidays. I was sure to enjoy partaking in each and every holiday that occurred this weekend, whether they were for Christians, Jews, or anybody willing to partoke. Uh, I drank, I decorated eggs, we threw a party, I ate bad for you food. My friend put together an Easter egg hunt for this Jew right here. I sang karaoke after a full day of work in a private Koreatown Manhattan room from 10.30 p.m. until 1.30 a.m., <laughs> with only three of us in there the whole three hours it was it was a lot of singing um it was a lot of fun too the the only thing I unfortunately didn't get to do this year was to attend a seder but I do that practically every year so I guess we could call this balancing things out 
our friend J-Ro, I call her J-Ro because she doesn't like me to use her real name, um, but our friend J-Ro joined us this weekend for the fun and antics, and on Sunday afternoon, we had an interesting conversation about my ability and inability to enjoy things. So I can enjoy myself in the moment, <laughs> like if when we were at karaoke, I had a blast, I sang my heart out, but what I've found is that I almost always scold myself the following day for quote unquote what I think is losing control. Um, whether I'm unhappy with what I ate or drank or what time I went to bed at, or if I felt that I should have had more control over the timing of things, uh, I generally exist in a constant state of guilt every time I do something enjoyable in my life. And I'm really starting to wonder if it's just me and my perfectionism, if it's my upbringing, or if it's the intensity of the training and discipline required to become the artist that I am today. But all in all, I generally feel guilty every single time that I do something for myself, whether it's like something positive or not. Like say if I went to a spa to get a massage, um, but I don't feel like I have enough money in my savings, like I'll feel good that I am taking care of myself and then I'll feel guilty that I spent money that I don't feel like I should be spending. So it's, it's challenging. Um, this is my everyday life. Um, so I thought I would talk about it and, uh, you know, I have a podcast, so I'm going to talk about it in public <laughs> for all of you to hear. And hopefully you can relate or if you've had the same experience, maybe we can explore this more. So on that note, let's explore. I, I never felt that I was so insanely disciplined as a kid. I generally ate whatever I wanted to. I didn't cross train because, well, that wasn't really a thing. <laughs> and I I thought that dancing all day was enough. I, I slept when I could, which was never enough considering I had school, dance classes every day, and endless hours of homework. I probably averaged four to five hours a night. So I pretty much existed in a, in a constant state of utter exhaustion. <clears throat> Excuse me. Nonetheless, I thrived and was able to move forward to my to my finishing training. I I guess the only area that I was extremely restricted in my life, uh, or was extremely restrictive in my life, was being straight edge. I I didn't curse. I never smoked a cigarette. I never tasted an alcoholic beverage. I thought that this would keep me on track towards achieving my dreams and that it made me an upstanding citizen uh, and just an overall good person. This was the only area of my life that I held an extreme amount of control over as a kid. Um, but when I left home and started training more intensely, I, I remained straight edge. And uh, after receiving a harsh rejection from the School of American Ballet, included being told that my quadriceps were huge and... Uh, that I had generally poor technique. Um, but yeah, so I, I received the harsh rejection from School American Ballet that included the information. Um, and within a few days, I ended up entering a very different environment at the Kirov Academy of Ballet. Um, it was very different from the recreational studio that I, I was dancing at previous to that. Um, if you're curious about that story, you can listen to my past podcasts. I, I discuss how that whole transition happened. Um, I think I actually did it very recently, probably one of the last five episodes. But yeah, so after getting that rejection and then going into the Kirov Academy of Ballet a few days later, um, and that being the first time that I was out of my recreational school uh, for the year, um, I started to restrict more of what I ate. 
after a month of that, trying to sit out my thighs, um, I don't think I would have improved my technique, but uh, after a month of kind of restricting what I ate, and I ended up getting a firm talking to from our concerned school nurse and guidance counselor. We, we lived on campus, so um, we had uh, academics, dormitories, ballet studios, and everything on the same campus. So um, we had a nurse that took care of us, uh, minor things, and we had a guidance counselor because we had our academics there too. So um, I got a firm talking from them, and I was told that I didn't need to restrict my calories. Uh, in fact, I learned that I needed to stretch and roll my legs more and to learn how to lengthen my lines instead of reducing what I was eating. I was still a little bit more aware of what I was putting into my body after that, and I, I tried to eat fewer like sweets and desserts, but I wasn't afraid to enjoy a treat here and there, uh, which was essentially like every couple of days. And back then, I didn't feel bad about it, and that's evolved over time. I, I did a podcast about the body dysmorphia. I'm going to talk a bit more about this today. So, all right. Uh, when I joined Houston Ballet, a lot started to change. And this was a few years later. It's at the care of when I was 17, 18. This is when I was 19, but I had gone to the School American Ballet in between. But yeah, so I was 19 years old and I had made it. I went from hanging out with kids to hanging out with independent kids like me, uh, living in far away from home and performing in a very high stress environment. Um, or I was hanging out with full-fledged adults. Uh, I had been away from home for two years, but I felt that I had resisted all of the things that I thought were bad that other people did. But my social armor slowly started to crack that year. The child that never even said hell started introducing more colorful adult language into his vocabulary. The 19-year-old straight-edge dancer became a 20-year-old who now drank and dabbled in marijuana, but didn't want anybody to know so that he would be perceived as a bad person. I was still kind of sexually repressed because I wasn't aware that I was gay, and I was confused by the line between being respectful to a woman, but also not being passive and seeking consent to engage with somebody. Honestly, this was the year that my issues with enjoying my life, overindulging in an, an immense guilt for just being human, began to creep in. And I feel like I had this for a few reasons. Trying to appear perfect in everybody's eyes as a kid, especially my family, um, was definitely a challenge for me. My, my father had alcoholism. My stepfather, he was undiagnosed at the, when I was younger and eventually diagnosed with bipolar disorder, I think bipolar one, um, and having to deal with the emotional abuse that came with him having certain episodes. Um, and then also being the apple of my mom's eye that could fix all of these problems uh, really set me up to be a crazy perfectionist, afraid to do wrong in the eyes of my mom. I'd set myself up to be what I thought was the perfect child during my youth. I was straight edge. Like I said, I was in the gifted program. I got straight A's. I was semi-talented and extremely driven. I thrived on positive attention as I passed my peers. Some went from gifted program, to, or they went from the gifted program to getting B's and C's. Others started experimenting with drugs or having sex in their mid-teens. Others did well but weren't getting the publicity that I was getting for being the only boy in town who danced and was starting to achieve outside of our town. Um, like I was, when I was, I think, 15, I was featured in a local newspaper. And that was not a common thing. 
So yeah, I started to see certain things as unfavorable behaviors and judge them accordingly. I I think it was more out of fear that I was going to stop achieving. Uh, so I started setting up standards that I felt I shouldn't break. And I'm pretty sure those standards still exist in my head today, even though my beliefs and actions have changed immensely. Like, I, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm the same human being, but I feel like I was much more conservative when I was younger, um, and I am now extremely liberal, but there are still, like, things that, like, standards that I don't hold other people to that I hold myself to, um, and, you know... It's something that I have to work through, and I probably will be working through my entire life. But yeah, getting back on track, I remember becoming really depressed when I was 21. I was having relationship stress with my first boyfriend, even though we barely even considered that we were in a relationship. I would write, I'm about to date this, (laughs) but I would write depressed away messages on AOL Instant Messenger on AIM, or some people called it AIM, (laughs) and it finally caught up with my mom. Uh, she asked me if I was okay uh, because I had, I was posting depressed away messages like every day. And I finally called her, broke down, and told her that I was no longer straight edge and that I had been sleeping with my, my best friend. Um, I told her I was afraid to tell her because I felt that I would no longer be perfect. Um, as she cried, uh, but her response wasn't what I expected. She said that she wasn't crying because she was mad or angry or felt that... I was doing something wrong. She just felt that it was a lot to take in at once. Uh, We talked early in the morning um, because I didn't really want to talk very long. And so I actually was like, okay, I got to go. I have to go to work. So I I went to work at PNB that day and I came home to a buzz in my apartment. And my mom had actually, she called, I think it was like ShopRite or something like that. I forget what it was in Seattle. Um, She had called and had a grocery store deliver me bags of groceries and I had a little note in it that said I was still perfect in her eyes. Um, And we eventually talked about it and she said it wasn't because of my actions, um, but it's because I am me. So that was a really important moment in my life um, just to recognize that uh, you could evolve as a human being and still be seen in a positive light in somebody's eyes, like just because, I don't know, I'm going to maybe tangent a little bit here. I don't want to go too far off, but it's kind of the idea, like all people have flaws and all people have great things and people make mistakes. Like I was deathly afraid to make mistakes. Um, and I'm going to talk about that in a second, but I saw making errors as something that like, made you a bad human being I didn't see it as like a necessary part to learn how to be a better person um so yeah I was afraid that if I did these things that I would be a bad person therefore imperfect so um yeah oh that did well there I didn't get too far off track okay um what else uh what other reasons have prevented me from enjoying parts of my life okay There we go. Being afraid of destroying my career possibilities. So I felt that I was getting a really late start to my career. These days, like it's common for people to still be training between 18 and 21. I know a lot of really great dancers that started their apprenticeships at 2021. But when I went to the school American Ballet, I was 18 turning 19. And a lot of the people in the school were like 
16 years old, 17 years old, and dancers getting apprenticeships were also that age. It's changed a bit since. I've heard that New York City Ballet, don't quote me on this, but I heard New York City Ballet actually now has a requirement that you have to be 18 years old to be an apprentice with the company. But yeah, so um, yeah, I was afraid of destroying my career possibilities because I felt like I was a late bloomer and I didn't have any time to waste. So if I messed something up, I felt that it would just throw me off track where if somebody was 15 messed themselves up, they could go home for six months and then move back to their school or go to a different school. Uh, I, I remember people getting kicked out of the school of American Ballet for drinking or smoking weed. I, I knew alcoholism ran in my, my blood because my father almost died of liver cirrhosis and my grandfather died before I was even born after uh, drunkenly aspirating after he had overindulged at a bar. Um, but yeah, beyond this, because of my intense perfectionism and wanting to be liked by everybody, I wanted to be seen as likable and in control at all times. I didn't want people to see me acting dumb while I was drunk, or I didn't want to actually say something I regretted to somebody important or even worse. I didn't want to accidentally get somebody pregnant in a drunken haze. Um, beyond alcohol, I, I also became very ill during my first few years of my career, I had strep throat seven times, I uh, had my tonsils out, was diagnosed with mono a few weeks after my tonsillectomy, and missed another month of work after that. And then I had an emergency appendectomy six months after I recovered from mono. So I had a really challenging uh, year right at the beginning of my career. Um, but yeah, so I was afraid to like, like I, I would do things like set up certain parameters. Like I didn't drink on work nights, um, which I still think is a pretty, <laughs> see, this is where it all starts kicking in. My brain starts going, stop Barry, say something, um, which I think is still like a really good way to go about things. But it's like, if you go out and have like a beer with a friend on a work night, that's really not that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, so I, I had like strict parameters on that. When I was training, I, I, wouldn't dabble in anything or try to be seen with people that were maybe looked upon less favorably because I was afraid that I would get kicked out. Um, and yeah, when I, when I was sick, uh, I, that one I couldn't really figure out and I felt like I was ruining my career, but I, I couldn't figure out why. But yeah, so, uh, what I learned with this type of stuff is that some of these things I, I couldn't, I could control and others I couldn't like the alcohol I could control, but like getting sick, like since I, I like, like I, that was something that I, I didn't think I could tr control. But then I realized that since I had mono at 22, that, um, I have a gland in my neck that starts to swell up when I'm not rested enough. Um, so I actually have like a detector that tells me I need more sleep to this day. I'm 35 now. Um, and if I am not getting enough rest, it swells up. And so I try my best to get enough sleep. And if things start getting in the way, like when I went to karaoke this weekend and we were, I, like I told my husband, like 10 until 12, we have to leave at 12. Um, and the reason I said that was because the gland in my neck had actually swelled up this past Friday. Um, so 
I I was like 10 until 12 and then there was an issue. They didn't get there till 10.30 and then like around 12.30 we were having so much fun and they were going to let us stay longer and like my natural my natural tendency was to be like, you know, I need to go home. I need to sleep. But I, I've been working so hard and I haven't had a lot of time to relax and enjoy myself and be with friends. And so I stayed for an extra hour and we ended up leaving at 1.30 and I didn't get home till like 2.15, 2.30 because uh, we live in Queens and uh, it just took us a while to get back. So it's it's just interesting because like a, a good representation of what this entire episode is about is that my glands swelled up on Friday and I had a hard time enjoying like getting to the point of enjoying karaoke and then uh when I actually did it I had a blast and I didn't want to stop and then the next morning I felt guilty for not just sleeping like coming home and sleeping after I taught and then our friend stayed with us this weekend and we had a party on Saturday night which was planned like a month ago um, and it's the first two-day weekend I've had in a very long time, maybe even since we got back from Asia in January. And all I feel, all I felt was guilt for not just canceling the plans, like telling our friend she couldn't come over and sleeping the entire weekend to make sure that I could be healthy to go to work on Monday. Um, and I ended up being okay. Like I worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm tired. My gland went down, but... Um, these are the reasons that I have guilt and I have trouble enjoying enjoying things uh, as much as I should. I mean, like I said, I enjoy it during the time, but it's hard to enjoy outside of it. Um, yeah, the other reason that uh, I have guilt for, uh, or I have immense guilt when I try to enjoy things is because I, I, I have a feeling that of uh, being torn by wanting to experience life and connect with other people versus locking myself off from certain experiences to focus on my dance career and not be led away from, from it, it by distractions. One of my clearest memories of this was during my second summer intensive at Houston Ballet. My, my partner, and this was, I was, uh, 17, um, I guess this is like 99, something like that. But my partner in our showcase piece was older than me. I think she was 19, so she's probably about two years older than me. And she asked me on a Friday if I was interested in joining some friends at a party the next day on a Saturday. Um, and being straight edge and not wanting to be seen with people that I felt like I shouldn't be seen with or doing something like drinking that could get me kicked out of the program. I remember asking if there would be beer there. And she said, you know, probably, but it's not really that big of a deal. And I abruptly and awkwardly declined. Um, and like we talked after that, but like she didn't try to actually hang out with me again and I was like I was actually desperately seeking to connect with people while I was there but I was holding myself back because I was afraid of damaging my career or getting kicked out of the program or feeling pressure to drink because I, I didn't want to drink um and I, I I still have this constantly not that um specific example but it's like like I was saying before like sleep for me is very important um, cause I notice that I get sick when I don't sleep. Um, if I get six hours of sleep, I, I tend to get sick. If I get seven and a half to eight hours, I don't. Um, but yeah, I, it's like, I want to engage with other people. I want to go out. I want to go to their houses. I want to go to parties. I want to go see shows. I want to 
have two days off and go to the beach. Like I have friends constantly going to like Fire Island or P-Town during the summer and I don't do that stuff because and, and it almost gets exhausting to hear people be like, oh, like, oh, he's so bu-. like they, they accept it and I appreciate it. But like, oh, he's so busy. But it's like I, I'm torn between wanting to can do that, connecting with other people and enjoy what other people are enjoying versus like focusing on building my my company right now or the fact that like I have a lot of debt and like for instance I think I have a cavity <laughs> and I'm like I can barely pay off my debt I'm making good money but I can barely pay off my debt and now I have to consider going finding a dentist and paying tons of money to get this cavity filled um so I should I should cancel plans on Friday night and I should work I shouldn't be having fun I should be working um so yeah I, I constantly feel guilty because it's hard to balance things. I guess maybe that's the plight of a Libra. Maybe not. Isn't necessarily the plight of an artist. But um, I, I'm constantly trying to balance things out. But uh, in the end, like my career and dance take precedence. So yeah, over the years I have evolved greatly, but I think a combination of all of these things caused me to have an insanely high level of guilt when I would do something I wanted to or overdo something and feel that there may have been even a slightly negative result from me having fun. And these things have crept up on me more and more as I get older. Uh, at PNB, I always felt guilty for having a night out with friends because I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to stop drinking because alcoholism runs in my family. Um, when I started freelancing, I was burning fewer calories throughout the year uh, because I wasn't, I didn't have like a 40 week contract um, and I wasn't taking class and rehearsing for six hours every day of those 40 weeks. Um, so yeah, I was burning fewer calories throughout the year, which I have discussed in that, that previous episode on body dysmorphia. I noticed I would gain a little weight here and there and, but, and I would lose it and then I would gain it and I would lose it. Um, but yeah, at that point I became a little more neurotic about treats and alcohol and bad food. So where at one point I was fine with it, then all of a sudden I would feel guilty if I had ice cream two or three nights in a row, or when I was dancing tons, I could eat a lot of whatever I wanted to. Uh, it's, and as a freelancer, that was an issue, but it's only gotten worse since I've retired. For instance, I ate greasy chicken fingers on Friday at karaoke, and then I ate greasy Domino's pizza on Saturday uh, this weekend at our party, and those are like things I don't eat. (laughs) And I've been thinking about how bad I feel for doing that ever since, Um, even though I eat pretty healthy most of the time. And it's like I even broke out a little bit, and I was talking to one of my colleagues, and I was like, we, we were talking, we were joking around like, this on my face is the pizza, or is a result of the pizza, and this is a result of the chicken fingers and this is a result of alcohol but yeah so I like I joked about it but like I feel guilty about it and I'm kind of pissed at myself that I couldn't just like I don't know it's like (laughs) if you're always the other way what am I trying to say it's like if I don't really eat chicken fingers or pizza um, and I don't take days off and then I do all of them at once like am I balancing it out am I like on a bender? Am I like overindulging? Is it okay? Because I did it for like two and a half days or two days and now I'm like done and then like back to normal. It's hard. I just, I just don't understand. <laughs> but yeah, when, when I was younger, I used to have no problem staying up uh, and hanging out with friends until late hours of the night. Um, 
my husband and I are now actually very late to bed, probably like 2 a.m. every night. But if I go out with my friends until 1 a.m., I feel like I'm losing control and need to come home. Uh, even if we just sat at a table in their apartment laughing about past memories and munching on healthy snacks. Like, I put parameters that are ridiculous on myself. Like, I don't go to bed until 2 a.m., but if I'm out at 1 a.m., I'm losing control um, because I feel like I should be in sleep. Sorry, in bed, but I'm not. Um, I feel like I'm just, like, unloading on you all. I hope that this is, like, relatable um, and that you you see in, a little bit into my psyche. Uh, I'm not trying to just, like, woe is me. I'm actually in the process of analyzing this, and this is what I do a lot of times when I record podcasts uh, and when I write as well. Um, I tend to... I feel like my content is much more vivid and much more relatable when I talk about experiences that I'm having like in the moment. And I can't always do that. Um, Like for instance, uh, there have been some challenges at one of the schools that I teach at. And there have been some really uh, valuable experiences that I've had in the past few months that I would love to share with you, but it's not the right time. I will share with you at some point, but uh, I can't share that stuff. But I feel like I, when I'm experiencing something or just coming out of something that it's so much uh, what I have to share is so much more valuable um, and relatable. So that, that's why I am sharing all this with you. All right, so just to get back on track and finish this episode off, I think this type of behavior is very common in dancers and artists who have extremely disciplined practices. Uh, I'll be curious to hear from any of you that agree with me or disagree, Um, but we weave in and out of trying to be in complete control of what makes our art great. So like for dancers, that's our body. And that's not just like, can I hold my leg in the air at like 120 degrees for 10 seconds? Or can I balance on one foot and rotate in in a certain position for six rotations? Um, it also has to do with like making sure your muscles are healthy and making sure that you're at the right weight, making sure that you're emotionally healthy and, and prepared. Uh, so yeah, we are trying to be in complete control of our art and then breaking down because we have restricted too much. Um, life must exist in balance. Uh, I'm not a big dieter. I've never really done like a true diet. Yes, I've restricted, but I've never done a true diet because uh, I believe that if people really pull things out of their diet, that they will eventually go crazy with it. And even if they don't, if they reintroduce it, I think that like there's some type of, uh, what's the word, Uh, metabolic change that happens like if you restrict carbohydrates from your body i swear that if you start ever eating carbohydrates again that your body just like latches onto them and won't let them go um so yeah i i i don't like to do those types of things because i think that everything has to be in balance but i'm curious if if a great many dancers feel guilty for practically anything they do that is beyond becoming a healthy hermit (laughs) outside of showing up to dance and cross training Um, do you have any issues with having a couple of drinks on a weekday? Do you have any issues with going to bed at 5am on a, on a Saturday night, knowing that Sunday you're going to be either sleeping in really late or you're going to have to get up early and you're going to lose a little bit of that restful sleep. Um, do you feel that you pull 
happiness out of your life because you feel that it takes away from your ability to just completely focus in your art. I'll be curious to to hear what what you what you think. What what are your thoughts on this? Do you have the same guilt process that I do? Do you find yourself able to enjoy things in the moment but struggling to be okay with your choice to be human and enjoy things that everybody should be allowed to enjoy? Do you find that you prevent that that you question whether you should have plans with other people because uh things might not go how you think that they should go and then you're going to feel guilty? Uh like are you restricting what things you you can do in your life so that you get enough sleep or so that your body looks a certain way. Uh, I'd really love to hear what you have to say because this has been a challenge of mine over the past. (laughs) I mean, this weekend, yes, but like it's kind of like a lifelong challenge for me. Like how do I not prevent myself from making plans because I I feel guilty because I should be doing something else or allowing myself to enjoy something uh, and then feeling bad for that the next day. Let me know your thoughts. I'm going to give you the information to reach out to me in a second in the outro. Um, but I, I'm really curious. I would really love to hear from some people, some artists to hear if I'm, if this is just me, <laughs> if this is Libras, uh, trying to seek balance and always seeking balance, never truly in balance, but trying to appear that we are in balance. Um, or is this the plight of an artist? So yeah, let me know your thoughts. All right, guys, I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod the Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorollis.com. Again, that's www.barrykerollis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcast on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Carolus, or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blogs. I have Life of a Freelance Dancer, where I talked about freelancing across the country as an independent contractor for over five years. You can find that Life of a Freelance Dancer, lifeofafreelancedancer.blogspot.com. I also have Dancing Offstage, and you can find that at dancingoffstage.wordpress.com. And on there, I talk about the post-performance careers of professional dancers. I also have a YouTube channel that features my choreography both for professionals and students and you can find that by going to youtube.com going in the search panel and typing in b Corollis. thanks for listening in to pod a chat i hope you return two weeks from this friday to talk dance with me and remember to go out and support your local dance scene